This is Theology Refresh. I'm David Mathis on Desiring God's podcast for pastors and Christian leaders, and we are talking today with Desiring God's own Tony Ranke. Tony is the author of the book Lit, A Christian Guide to Reading Books. And while we typically have tackled doctrinal topics on this Theology Refresh, it is so important for Christian theology, Christian doctrine, for the gospel itself, that we be discerning and careful and intentional readers. So, Tony, thank you for joining us to talk about reading here. My honor. On the podcast. Uh, Tony, where did this book come from? Uh, how, was, how, was it, how did it begin to be started in your own soul? Yeah, there were really uh, two, two different stages to the genesis of this book. The first one was uh, I had a lot of questions about reading myself. I, I enjoy reading. I, read, uh, I tend to read a number of books uh, in, an, in a typical year. Um, and I, I just had a lot of questions of, of why I read, what I read. Um, tried to come up with some objective standards for what types of books um, are going to feed my soul, what types of books are going to help me to grow in my discernment, what types of books are going to um, just uh, help me to enjoy the creation that God has given us. Um, I just wanted different categories for my reading. I wanted to uh, just think more intentionally about what I read, how I read, when I read. Those kinds of questions were really to the forefront of my, my mind. And so um, as I started to pursue these these questions, I, I came up with a list of 20 individual questions that I wanted to have answered in my own, in, in my own mind. And uh, that became a series of blog posts, which uh, folks generously um, spread. And uh, that led into um, the, the idea of the book uh, initially. It just as a, a way to, to walk through the questions that I had, to answer them in my own mind, and then to share the results of, of what I discovered in my, in my research with others. The second thing, too, that happened is uh, I just had a number of guys coming to me wanting to be discipled personally who, who struggled with reading. Mm-hmm. And so I saw there was really a big need to, to come alongside and to help young Christian men especially who find it difficult to read. And um, so this book is really a book written for, for, for folks who, who struggle with reading, which is a very odd way to go about writing a book. Mm-hmm. And so really, m- I mean, m- my greatest task was to, number one, write a book that a struggling reader would be able to get through, and second of all, to create a book that was so compelling for avid readers that they would take this book find someone in their church who struggles with reading and go to a coffee shop or, or go somewhere and, and, and help that person through this book. And so really creating a resource for the church, for parents and for pastors and for teachers mm. and for brothers and sisters in the church to use with others who are struggling um, to become more uh, effective and efficient readers. There's amazing power in reading. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4, when you read this, this letter, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, the gospel, which was not made known to the sons of men and other generations, as it now has been revealed to his holy prophets and apostles by the Holy Spirit. What power there is in reading for the gospel, for Christian theology, for life change. And in this book, you go several different directions with reading. You talk about how to mark your book up. T- tell us mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, uh, I'm a strong proponent of, of folks writing in their books. It, it gives a sense of ownership of the book, that this is a book that, that exists to serve me. It's not, it's not a slave master that sort of you know, beats me around and, and makes, me, makes me intimidated and overwhelms my schedule. Books are tools that I can use or choose not to use in my own personal development. So I found just psychologically as I wrote in books, I mean, that was really the, uh, the thing that, that really impressed itself upon me was, was how when I would write in a book, it would really become a tool for me to use in my own personal growth. And it sort of 
created this dynamic that I think is healthy for a reader to to view books in such a way as uh, a toolbox of things to be used for personal development, not as a stack of books that scream out, you know, you haven't read me all the way through and, you know, I am your unfinished assignment and you must get back to me and read me cover to cover. And so I think just psychologically it helps. You also talk about fiction. Uh, maybe a lot of pastors and leaders who are drawn to a podcast like this are more on the nonfiction side. Uh, what would you yeah. have to say to us more nonfiction geared people as to the value of fiction in our reading? Yeah, I've heard it from a number of different people who, who love classical literature, who listen to sermons and say, you know, for every sports analogy or for every entertainment analogy, there should be a classic literature analogy. Because so many of the situations in life are, are uh, played out in a novel. And so it is a tremendous resource, first of all, for pastors to use for sermon illustrations. But secondly, it's just a, it's just a place to go to, to nurture one's own soul, to read novels by C.S. Lewis or by Marilyn Robinson. I mean, the, the richness of, of how novels can really deepen a pastor, it, it, it's, it's incredible. And, and to see how many pastors have been main characters in, in classic novels, too, is, is pretty profound. But I think it's uh, the Riken. Uh, family has helped me to see that. It's, it's uh, Phil Riken and Leland Riken, and if you just follow their works, I mean, they, they do a great job of helping pastors to see the incredible value of literature, uh, especially classical literature, for pastoral ministry. You mentioned C.S. Lewis and Marilyn Robinson, but you say in the book also that there's value in reading more broadly than just uh, within the Christian faith. Tell us about that. Yeah, there sure is. And I think uh, being Reformed, we're part of a tradition that has appreciated a very broad uh, uh, scope of literature. So whether you go back to Augustine or Luther or Calvin or Basil of Caesarea or the Puritans, Richard Sibbs, uh, Thomas Goodwin, John Owen, uh, John Calvin uh, would have to be in there too. These are guys who did not limit their reading to uh, their own little stream of Reformed theology. They read very, very broadly. Um, in fact, Martin Luther was in the, in the process of translating Aesop's fables, mm -hmm. and he translated 14 of Aesop's fables nearly at the same time that he was translating the New Testament wow. into German. Hmm. And he says, second to the Bible only, I commend Aesop's fables for their moral training of children. And so it just shows you that there's an incredible value placed on, on, on literature, especially literature that will help with, with ethics or, or, you know, there's a number of different uh, categories that, that it would fit into. But in this Reformed tradition, if you look at what, what our forefathers read, it was very broad. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just trying to, to, to highlight that and to say, you know, for us to be Reformed Christians today, we have this, this flexibility to view the world in such a way um, that we, we view it all through the lens of the gospel and through the lens of God's truth, which then gives us eyes to see the truth, the goodness, and the beauty in creation, and to also recognize the lies, the falsehood, the twistedness. Mm. The gospel allows us to see those things. It doesn't shrivel us. It doesn't limit us in what we read. It actually gives, gives us eyes to appreciate uh, what in the world does glorify and reflect God. And I think our forefathers in the Reformed tradition um, ha have modeled that. Mm. A book that was very influential to me early on in the faith and as I was thinking about leading others for the first time was the book by J. Oswald Sanders called Spiritual Leadership. He's got a chapter on the leader and his reading. And one thing he commends there is that every leader should read at least 30 minutes a day. Mm. Do you have anything like that in, in encouragement for leaders in regard to reading? Yeah, I think my, my encouragement for, for pastors today would be to just be aware uh, of what takes the time away 
that you could be investing in, in reading. And we, I mean, it could be different things for different people, but I think there needs to be a time in everyone's day, obviously for personal devotions, but also for reading. It could be in the morning, could be at night, could be, you know, sometime during the day, but some time carved out for the disciplined pursuit of reading. Harold Bloom calls, calls reading uh, a, a difficult pleasure. Mm. It is a difficult pleasure. It's hard work. It takes discipline to read. The passive entertainment, uh, it doesn't require as much work as reading does. And so reading is a difficult pleasure, and it means that we have to be more, uh, more devoted to the task, and we have to really carve out time in our day um, because it's very easy to lose that time. So I would definitely recommend that, that pastors read every day. I think that's, that's um, uh, a very legitimate uh, standard. And, I mean, to, to lead, you have to read. I think that's mm-hmm. something that I've heard time and time again, and it's, it's very true. It just builds a critical thinking component that pastors need to think clearly and to lead with with effectiveness. Mm, it's amazing that even though God's word incarnate is ascended to his right hand, he has left us with a book, yes. his word inscriptured. And yes. so Christians have been readers and will continue to be readers this side of eternity. Tony, thank you for the effort you've put into this book mm-hmm. and help I've gotten from it and many who I know have gotten significant help as well. Uh, again, the title is Lit exclamation point at the end, L-I-T, exclamation point, A Christian Guide to Reading Books by Tony Ranke. Tony, would you close us in prayer for our listener? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word, which is the greatest, most magnificent masterpiece that has ever been written or ever will be written. And I pray, Lord, that as you develop myself and David and and those listening to this podcast, as you develop us into more effective readers, folks who are more diligent in our reading, I pray that you would use that skill, use that discipline so that we can unlock and see greater, more precious truths in your word about your son and of your glory. And I pray ultimately that everything that we read would help us to unlock the rich treasure of your word. God, thank you for this podcast. Thank you for this time, and thank you for the amazing miracle that literacy is, that we can take words on a page and see behind those words eternal truths and things that we cannot see with our eyes. Thank you for revealing yourself to us in love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.